You're listening to Trade Secrets with Oliver and Denise. If you work for Microsoft, you can't share operational secrets with someone from Apple. Yeah, that's true. But in relationships, though, it's a little different. We should share the good, the bad, all of those types of things that help our relationships to grow. Yeah, you're right about that. And I feel like the information shared in these conversations will do just that. So let's dive into today's episode. I like it. Ready? All right, let's do it. Babe, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Doing. And I'm 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 excited because we have um our first repeat guest. Yes. Nice. First yeah. repeat <laughs> guest. Yeah. So you win the award <laughs> for first repeat guest. Boom. And it's it's a favorite person of ours. And yes. and what's what's funny about this is that um we have grown very fond of this person. Indeed. And we've never actually been in the same space, right? right? <laughs> it's it, we met we met online, kind of developed this you know friendship relationship. She's very, been very instrumental in terms yeah. of the advice that she gives and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, who do we have? We have today again, Dr. Jessica McLeese. Dr. McLeese is a um, certified Christian sex therapist. She has a passion for helping Christian couples have a marriage that honors God and one another and fully believes that couples can stop feeling like roommates and start feeling like connected lovers again. I love it. I love it. You know, this is my favorite topic. (laughs) So, you know, having Dr. Jessica with us, man, is just fantastic. Thank you so much for lending your time again to hang out with us. We appreciate it. Uh, thanks guys i'm excited to be a part of this it's so funny you were just saying we've never been in the same space and that's true you know i think you guys might be the first couple i ever met doing this work and like finding um kind of these merging beliefs and these um similar interests in how we want to help others so i think Mm -hmm. you guys might have actually been the first couple that i worked with that we all met online because of all doing the same thing with blogging for Christians, trying to help their marriage and their intimacy. So that's really, what a fun moment to be doing this. Yeah. I, I don't I remember it. when it was. I don't remember. Man, it had to be, it's now. been a little while. while. Yeah. Because I think <laughs> yeah. the first episode, and for those of you who are listening, right, we're, we, um, I know you're like, well, we don't know who Dr. Jessica <laughs> McQueese is. Well, you can get to know her by going back and listening to that episode. So if you go back and listen to the episode, um, it will be a candid conversations episode, but it will still be in the same list of episodes that you see there. You'll get to know a little bit about her. We're going to kind of just jump into this conversation. But I think that that was, to answer your question, that had to be 20... It's 2020. Uh, 17, 18, wow. maybe? 17 or 18. Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah. Maybe 18. Yeah. It's um, been a little while. Yeah. But yeah, we're happy to have you. And and I kind of want to jump right in. Right. Because we good. are we're in the middle of. Just. And, and un, this is an unprecedented time mm-hmm. that we're in right now it is. Um, as it relates to COVID-19 and everything. That's all the scenarios that have been spun up around that. And I was talking to my wife about it and. 
we personally, just to be very transparent, have been going through this adjustment period. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we stay connected? How do we keep the fire going? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we get to this level or not necessarily get to a level of intimacy for us? And that might be for other couples. They need to actually get to a level of intimacy. <clears throat> but how do we maintain and even grow during this time of uncertainty, during this time of stress, um, you know, attitudes are flying around, mm-hmm. you know, irritability levels are high. Yeah. And so we just want to, we're just going to let you talk and just <laughs> give us some tips inside the bedroom, outside the bedroom. And we're just going to have a conversation about how we can keep these flames lit throughout this time. So I'm really excited to talk to you. And, and let me just say this before you jump in. I, I use you in several conversations. I just need Aww. to let you know that. Yep, right? <laughs> so when we're talking about sex, I always, this phrase that you gave us always sticks yep. out. This term, right? Yeah. About uh, desire discrepancy. discrepancy. Mm, uh-huh. Yes. So I always, and I give you credit every time. I'm like, this great doctor, she's a, uh, a certified sex therapist. She was telling us about desire discrepancy. So People yeah. probably know you just because, <laughs> we, <laughs> because we've been that. saying your name like once a month. <laughs> oh, thanks. So I probably don't need to explain that then, it sounds, because you guys you guys do that often. Or should I jump in and talk well, about yeah, that? Hey, yeah. yeah, jump right in. <laughs> yeah, do that. Still. Absolutely. Sure. sure. Okay. So a desire discrepancy is what well, it really probably, I would say, describes most couples. Um just to different degrees. So a desire discrepancy is when one of the members of the couple want to be intimate more often than the other does. Um, And that goes either way. So you could also say in the exact same breath that one person wants to less than the other does. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a discrepancy in the amount of time that they would each give to wanting to be intimate. Um, Now, this isn't how much they desire one another. So I want to be clear about this. Um, Mm -hmm. It's literally how much they desire to be physically intimate with one another. So a discrepancy can be kind of small where maybe one spouse wants to have sex, I don't know, three, four times a week, and the other's like, eh, once to twice a week is good for me, and that that's a discrepancy, a small one though. Um, mm-hmm. Larger discrepancies occur if a spouse is good um, maybe once a month and the other is like, not yeah, every other day, really daily if we could, but every other day would be good for me. Then we have a pretty significant discrepancy. So um, those things are coming alive for couples for sure right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with a few couples where that's been the same conversation we've had of, okay, now you guys are quarantined and you have all of this time together and the spouse with the higher drive is like, sweet, this is great. I can't wait. Now we have time. So that can't be an excuse Um, where the other one is saying, oh my goodness, it was already so frequently for me. And now I'm feeling really um, under pressure and obligated. And so how do we handle this? Um, Mm -hmm. So you guys were saying just a moment ago, even just being in this place of um, our world is rapidly changing. Mm-hmm. And so nobody really alive today can be like, oh, yeah, I've been through a pandemic before and I get what right. we should do here. Um, yeah. All of us are kind of learning as we go. And so there's a whole lot of grace that needs to be poured out for one another. Um, mm. But in the midst of all of that, we can we can do a couple of things to try to make that an easier process as well. Um, so. I'll try not to get too off topic. Help me get guided if I'm starting to go too all over the place. <laughs> I feel like there was a lot that you gave me to go with. So I'm going to try not just... to get too to uh, we'll, out we'll of take all of it in. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Good. So 
there's a famous psychologist from, um, I can't tell you what year, it was quite some time ago, but her name, her name was Karen Horney. Um, it's, it's funny that I talk about her when dealing with intimacy because her name is actually spelled H-O-R-N-E-Y. So wow. spelled horny. It is pronounced horny, yeah. though. Wow. <laughs> I know. Perfect the irony example, is right? great. <laughs> <laughs> so she talked about how in relationship, um, when there's stress or when there's problems, we can either turn against one another. So we become um, uh, where we combat one another or we cause fights or conflict. Um, we could turn away from one another. So that's the kind of um, holding off in your own little space and not really talking toward to one another, or we can turn toward one another. And so when we're turning toward one another, we're making every intent um, we can, or we're, or we're taking every opportunity to actually engage with one another. Um, mm-hmm. now, certainly that can mean physically and mean sexually, but it doesn't have to. It can also mean intellectually. It can mean spiritually. So most churches now are having to do online streaming or recording their messages and up loading them. Um, so when you sit down in front of your TV or in front of your computer screen and you're listening to a service together um, or taking communion together, I know our church recently did that, um, mm-hmm. you're you're getting a chance to turn toward one another spiritually. Um, we can do that on an emotional level as well. And I know that's getting tougher. Some couples that have young kids at home and now they're in the stress of trying to teach their children subjects that they may not be very familiar with and they still have to go to work in a brand new platform than what many have done before. Or some have even lost jobs. And so you have the added stress of financial problems. And so couples can do really three different things there. You can turn against one another where it becomes conflict and a problem. Um, there's a number of things when you're under financial stress that can start to get problematic. So, you know, why did you insist on buying that boat last year? Why did we move into this house? Like all of those things can come up for couples. Um, Why didn't you go get that other job that I tried to encourage you to get? They're still working. You know, all of that can become a major issue. Um, And then the turning away would be where people just kind of seclude themselves. Um, So I've seen uh, some other famous marriage bloggers putting out there, hey, self-quarantine doesn't mean quarantining from your spouse. Make mm-hmm. sure to not spousal quarantine. Um, mm-hmm. And it's true because this could be a place and a time where people need their space and then they take that away from one another. Um, but the ideal would be to do that turning toward one another. So to find ways. Um, and you got to get more creative when you're stuck inside the house. Um, so my husband and I have joked with one another a few times um, as it's getting close to the evening. We'll be like, hey, you want to go see a movie? And it's like, yeah, yeah, let's do. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we can't. And right. so <laughs> we just try to make light of it and make jokes. But but each couple's got to find their way. What can we do to kind of grow towards one another in these moments um, that are much more stressful than probably we've ever been through? Um, and even if you're both essential employees, and so maybe you don't have the financial concerns, you then have the concerns of, but I'm out there with people and I could become infected or I could infect my spouse or my children. And it's just a really scary world that we're living in right now. It is. I I agree with that. And, and with the turning, I like that with the turning towards that's, that's a a good visual. Like for those of you that are listening, just if you picture just, you know, turning and looking at your spouse, as opposed to turning and looking in the opposite direction, that's a great, that's a great visual. Is there or are there things that men specifically like the, the turning toward process, right? Are there certain things that men can do specifically 
as it relates to facilitating that process? And are there specific things that women can do? Yeah, that that's such a good question. I think so. I think sometimes we get a little bit wrapped up in the gender differences, which may not be as significant during times of heavy stress. So mm-hmm. because we just kind of we lose a little bit of who we typically are under stress. Um, so the best and the worst come out of us <laughs> in those moments. Yeah. That's actually what makes kind of coupled them so hard right now. Um, so there there could be things that might be more typically male or female, but I'm going to go a little more general than that and say so much of it is going to depend on your specific relationship. Um, so either husband or wife could be really good at the budget. I don't know. You know, it's in your marriage. Who is that mm-hmm. person? And so maybe they're the one that sits down and starts writing out, okay, this is what we have in savings. This is um, this is where we can get food from a food bank this week if we need to. This is um, our electric bills willing to do this for us. Our electric companies rather is willing to do this for us. Like you may have that one person who takes the lead in the finances because they know how to do that. Um, you may have your other person that's just naturally more of the encourager. So maybe they're the one to pick out some good scripture and be like, hey, I read this today and I want you to read it. I feel like this is really going to account for who Christ is in our life right now. So you you may find one that's better at that part. Um, maybe one really enjoys cooking and so they can find some new recipes with whatever you have in the house. Um, and then you can invite the other in. How about we cook together? Let's try this new recipe. Um, so some of it's going to be a little bit back and forth. Now, men typically are the ones that usually um, are more prepared to handle stress than women are. Um, mm-hmm. And and I say that as a woman and a wife. <laughs> and so it's not trying to make fun of any gender, but typically women feel their emotions more heavily. And women actually feel a reduction in stress typically, again, feel a reduction in stress, a reduction in anxiety, the more we talk about those things. Um, This can be extremely difficult for men because the more men talk about those emotions, typically the deeper they feel them. So where for women, it releases that emotional stress. For men, it actually brings on that emotional stress. And so it can get really difficult in a couple relationship when there's stress just on both of you and all around. Um, So what women can do is kind of keep in mind that some of those heavy emotions may be a little bit overwhelming for their husbands. Um, This isn't to have them not be involved at all, but women can seek out and have some more girlfriends also at the same time to talk about, hey, I'm feeling way overloaded. I am really stressed. I really wish we could have a girls night like to have that part to talk to. And then when they talk to their husbands, they can have a little bit less of that they have to share. So it can be Mm. tapered a little bit. And then men can get better and better about learning how to hear those anxieties from their wife and not feeling like they have to solve the problem. Um, so men often think, well, if I, if I, you know, if I can't make you quit crying or if I can't make you feel calm or if I can't make you feel this sense of peace, I've somehow done something wrong or I'm, I'm not fulfilling my role. But that's really not true. Women long for just knowing that their man hears them and understands them. Mm-hmm. So for the man just to say, let me hug you. Let me hold you. And you know what, baby, we're going to be all right. Like that does wonders for a wife. And so men can step into that place of knowing that really the biggest thing you can do is really just be there and hear your wife's heart. Yeah. I love that. I remember one. I remember, I don't know if you remember this, babe, that that time that I was really upset, we were going through a really stressful situation Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago and um, I was really upset. And I, I think I just blurted out everything that was going on that was 
going on in my mind. And I think that you didn't respond because you didn't feel like you could fix it. Mm -hmm. And so you just, I can't remember, you said something like, yeah, I understand that's true. Or yeah, I feel you. I understand. I feel that way too, or something Mm -hmm. like that. But you felt that your response was inadequate Mm -hmm. because you didn't have a solution. Right. But honestly, all I needed to know was that you heard me. And so that was actually enough for me in that moment. So I totally understand that, Dr. Um, Jessica, what you're saying. That's good, too, because and and I didn't tell you this in the beginning. Um, I'm springing this on you live. Um, <laughs> but because it's it, it's that. called trade secrets for a reason. Right. So trade secrets. <clears throat> if you think about it, if you work for a particular tech company and I work for um, a competitor, you and I can't sit down over coffee and (laughs) compare notes and standard operating procedures and that kind of thing and give you schematics on things that we're building. I can't do that. I can't share any of those trade secrets. And we feel like in marriage, it has to be the exact opposite. Like, I have to share with you the things that went well for me, the things I stumbled up on, where I found the victory, where I slipped and fell Mm. so that we can learn and grow together. Mm -hmm. Right. And our relationships can thrive. And you Mm -hmm. just gave one because what we typically ask people to do throughout the conversation is to give what we call trade secrets Mm -hmm. or tips, if you will, (laughs) um, for various things. And that's a good one for men. Right. Is to be present. Be present. Basically, you know, yeah. just hear your wife, you know, be affectionate. Just give her that moment of security that she's looking for. Yeah, I love that. And I want to go back to the um, the three things that couples tend to do or the three ways that couples tend to turn that you said that Dr. Karen Hornay, Dr. Karen Hornay mentions one of the ones is they turn away from each other. And I know that for me, when I'm stressed or anxious, I tend to maybe not necessarily all of the time, but at least in the beginning, I tend to get quiet and I tend to just process in my mind. And I don't say a whole lot to Ollie. And yeah. I wonder if there's like a period of time where that's okay. And then after a while, it's like, okay, Denise, you need to be talking to Oliver about what's going on now. You need to not internalize so much. Is is that an okay place to be at all? I guess is, is my question. Yeah, certainly that's okay sometimes. And I don't, think our spouse is a hundred percent of the time our front line sometimes that's Christ and that's okay yeah, so it's absolutely okay um I tend to be I'm a very empathetic person um mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I'm a therapist so that's a good yeah, right, right. There. But, <laughs> but it's also I I take it so deeply with me sometimes that I, mm-hmm. I can get under a lot of stress and under a lot of pressure um so I can get to that same place that you're describing, Denise, where I can be mm-hmm. like, I, I can't talk right now. I've got to figure out what I'm even thinking. And maybe it's yeah. so emotional at the time. I can't even put to words what's happening other than mm-hmm. I don't feel good. Um, yeah. Sometimes that's all I have. Um, mm-hmm. So actually, a couple of days ago, I came home and 
I had had a hard day at work. Um, we're all in this crazy place. Like I do therapy and online, it does feel different. My clients feel that and I feel diff- that. And there's like yeah. this weird disconnect and we're trying yeah. to go through this process. Mm. Um, so I had had just several stressors come up during the day and I was having a very difficult time. That stress was just heavy. And I came home and like, I'm trying to play it off, you know, like everything's cool. Cause <laughs> I was really stressed. And uh, so Jacob asked me, he's like, so how are you doing? And I was like, not good, babe. Not good. And that's kind of all I could say right then. And he asked why. I was like, I don't know yet. I'll I'll tell you, but I don't know yet. You know, give me some time. Let Mm -hmm. me figure it out. So I think sometimes we have to do that just to kind of keep our sanity in some Mm -hmm. ways. And sometimes we do have to talk to God first before we can even talk to our spouse. I don't think that's wrong. I don't think we should let other people come in between those two, right? So God first, spouse yeah, second. Absolutely. I don't think someone should kind of come in between there. And I absolutely believe at any time you can talk to your spouse and God at the same time. You guys can pray together. You can talk about what the concerns are. Um, but yeah, I would say it's absolutely okay. Um, I call that a cool off period. So mm-hmm. we sometimes need that emotional cool off period. And men and women both need that. Um, my husband's the same way. If he's had a particularly hard day, Mm-hmm. He does like that I can see him and know that. And I can mention that like, hey, I can tell your day has been hard and that we just leave it at that. And it doesn't mm-hmm. come back up unless it's at a point where he's ready to talk about it. Um, so that's just really that's wisdom to do that for one another. In mm-hmm. fact, early in our marriage, we weren't good at that. And so there was a lot of conflict there because of it and a lot of tension and each of us feeling pushed by the other to talk when we weren't ready to. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely OK to take that cool off period. We just don't want it to become habitual where when I feel heavy emotion, I don't share with you ever. <laughs> and then I can't trust that you can hold my emotion because I can't share with right. you to begin with. So we want to we want to be able to share those things, certainly. Um, but you can temper it first and make sure you're at a place where you, first of all, actually know what you're feeling to be able to share, or you're at least calmed enough to be able to say, I don't know what's going on inside of me, but I don't feel good right now. Mm-hmm. I like that. And I, and I like that you gave... <laughs> I'd like that you gave both sides, right? Because there is there is that delicate balance that we learn over time, right? Mm-hmm. And that and and knowing that it's okay to be in that space because for a lot of people I think we do go through that where it's like, okay, why aren't you saying anything? Yeah. Or, you know, why won't you talk to me kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Not realizing that hey, there's a processing period and that processing period is okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's that's beautiful. And then the the delicate balancing act of that is that, you know, when to come back to the table, mm-hmm. you know, if to come back to the table and and you know that you're not um, habitually trying to. Just hoard information. Yeah. So yeah. that that's cool. And and for those of you that are listening, it's important to understand that this is this takes time like you you may not be perfect at that right absolutely that's true so you may not be perfect at it so just yeah. it takes time and be patient and 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 develop that's good i, I like, like it. it and something something to remember too so a lot of times when so okay so it can go both ways right one person may not really want to share yet cuz they're trying to get to that emotional calm like we just mentioned But Mm -hmm. the other side of that is you may have a partner who is begging their spouse, please talk to me. You must talk to me. I need to know what's going on. And a lot of times that's coming from this fear of we're not actually connected. We were talking about that earlier, right? How do we make sure we're connected? 
So if you've got a concern that my spouse and I actually are not connected, we're not doing well, um, something's happening between us, I don't know you, you're not speaking to me. So I would also encourage spouses just to recognize and know that it's important, especially if your marriage doesn't feel at a very healthy place right now, that if you're needing those moments of, I can't talk right now because I'm too stressed, that you encourage your spouse and let them know, like, hey, I'm not upset with you, (laughs) as long as that's true. (laughs) I'm not upset with you. We're good. We're fine. We're in a good place. I just need a moment because I need to figure out how to handle my emotions before I can share them. So even just that little bitty bit of information to let your spouse know, hey, we're still good. We're still on a team can really do wonders, especially for a struggling marriage. It just feels like, okay, Mm. we're still okay and we're going to be fine. So I can let you have your space to process your emotions the way you need to. Very good. I like it. That's that's excellent. Um, Well, because of who you are, right? (laughs) We most certainly have to talk about how we can... uh, maintain this level of connection in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This that's a that's a very crucial component. It's a very valuable uh component in a relationship and um being able to do that I believe is uh, being able to do that and when I say do that I mean maintain that that level of connection. Mm-hmm. I think is vital to the health of your relationship. And even in this time, like we're talking about how things are just so different. The world is so rapidly changing. We talked about the stresses. We talked Mm -hmm. about what tends to happen when we're stressed, the different things that could happen. How do we keep that from affecting uh, us in the bedroom? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. A couple of points. So we are really all stressed and I'm, The interesting thing about stress is that it kind of comes in waves. And so probably anyone listening to this, and you guys probably can attest to that too, that, you know, we've all been in this for about a month. Like we were saying before we started, I don't even know the dates and times anymore. I get confused on the day sometimes because our lives are just out of whack. And so schedules are different. um, Our normal agendas are different. And so that that's tough. But stress can kind of comes in, come in waves. And so we can have times where it just seems to hit us heavier. Um, and we feel that burden of stress, whatever it is, that's the actual context, whether it's people, you know, and love getting sick, whether it's mm-hmm. trying to protect yourself, trying to get to a grocery store, like all of those things are building stress. Now, mm-hmm. The beautiful thing about sexual intimacy is orgasm actually lowers stress. So Mm -hmm. there's a really cool way to kind of bust some of the stress that you have in your life. Now, the other side of that, though, is if your stress is too high, most couples find that they struggle to have the intimacy because they're so stressed out. Um, Men can struggle with erections at that point and women can struggle with orgasm. And then it just turns into this big, heavy mess of now, you know, now we can't even do that right. And so it can get really difficult for couples. So I would say the biggest tip is, first of all, let's learn to de-stress just a little bit so that you can enjoy that time towards one another. Um, And then you'll get the extra stress lowering benefit of orgasm with one another. So it kind of works um, in tandem. Um, A couple of ways you can do that. uh, You may as a couple want to start practicing showering together first. So then you're, you're, you're taking a moment to just relax and enjoy one another. Um, You may want to do some of the things that 
that aren't maybe necessarily part of your sexual routine anymore. So uh, maybe start lighting some candles, turn on some music, like try to create more of a romantic atmosphere so that you can remind yourselves, hey, we're not just two stressed parents trying to take care of a bunch of kids or we're not just a husband and wife trying to make it through this biggest uh, stressful event of our lives, but we're still two connected lovers too. So let's enjoy that time and let's take that time for one another. Um, So enjoy some of the things maybe that you, you haven't done in a while really take time to just cuddle and kiss and hold one another before jumping into sex um, so shake up that routine a little bit and then the other part of that I would really encourage um, a lot of couples don't spend as much time in what's called the afterglow and so that would be the period after orgasm where you're just hanging out together um, so a lot of couples can find that they either rush that or they get on to other duties or they go to sleep. Um, but I would say try to try to make that a part of your routine if it hasn't been. So add a good 5, 10, 15 minutes, just kind of kind of hanging out afterwards, telling each other that you love each other, um, reminding each other, hey, no matter how stressful this world gets, it's me and you, baby, against the world. Um, and whatever it takes to help you guys feel like, hey, we're in this together. So a lot of encouraging words can do that. Um, and sometimes you don't need words. You can just hang out and just hold each other, and that's good too. Um, so I would encourage really, really starting to add add time, add intention um, to those parts at the beginning. So foreplay, hanging out, reducing the stress so that your mind can be with one another, not on the other things that could be um, kind of your struggle right now. And then also spend time on the other end of sex where you're just hanging out and hugging one another and holding one another and enjoying that you still have time to be intimate. I like that. Very good. I like I that. that. That's um, we're we're not rushing things, yeah. right? We're being yeah. intentional about intention. Yeah, very intentional about making these moments moments, mm-hmm. right? And not just not just another chore on the checklist I, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, I was just about to say sometimes in all of even before the whole COVID nineteen, sometimes in the hustle and bustle of our everyday lives and the things that we have going on, becoming sexually intimate just seems like almost so mechanical and you almost do it without thinking. Mm -hmm. And it just is just become so rote, Mm -hmm. like just another thing, like you said, that another chore that the couple has to get done. Just something you're checking off. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah, so most couples can um, can think through what they actually have as their uh, sexual script. And so just the same way, if you see a movie, no matter how many times you see it, the script is the script. It's always going to look the same. Um, that movie doesn't change. And so we can do that sometimes in our intimacy as well. Um, so the kind of joking illustration I give is husband says to wife, hey, you want to have sex? She says, yeah, sure, let's do. They both walk to the bedroom. He kisses her on the neck. She kisses him on the chest and then they take their clothes off and have sex. Like, so we can get into this place where it's so routine, yeah. you know exactly what's going to happen. Um, right. And so really all you have to do to change that up is just just a few little changes. Um, I, people get worried sometimes um, what someone may mean if they're saying, you know, bring some creativity and enjoyment to the marriage. But the truth is like you guys both have a whole lot of square footage. And so enjoy one another, spend some time just playing together, um, seek to know one another through caresses and through kisses um, so that you know your spouse so well 
that you would be able to pick them out in a dark room. Um, now, I know that's a weird way to say it because that would never be a situation you're in. <laughs> but what I'm saying is know them so well that if you were to lose your vision or something, you would still know this is the body I've yeah. always known. This is the spouse mm-hmm. I've always known. Um, so the sure. idea is you've got, you've got so much there to work with, to enjoy, and to hold one another. And the skin has a ton of nerve receptors. Um, so try to fire some of them off. Mm. I love it. I like that. That's your homework Man. assignment for anyone that's listening. Hey, I was <laughs> just about to say, I was about to say, you, if you are not taking notes, those of you who are listening, <laughs> you need to go back and rewind. You definitely have some homework. You have some things that you can try, some, a, a, a whole bunch of trade secrets, you know, that have already been, uh, have already been given, man, some golden nuggets. And I think that that's important because, for I can't speak for everybody, but I'm sure for a lot of couples and, and you can kind of speak to maybe what you see, but I'm sure for a lot of couples, that's probably if you. Well, I don't know. I was going to say if you strip away some of the other issues and stresses right at the core of what might be, you know, bugging folks, you know, sexually is just the fact that we've gotten we've become scripted. Mm. And we're doing and we're saying that script that's been rehearsed and we're doing the same thing and it's happening the same way and it's happening at the same times. And it's, you know, and and the feeling of it being mundane, I would imagine and, and tell me, you know, if this is right or not, I would imagine that leads to other issues. Yeah, well, it certainly can. So part of what I would say happens that's maybe the more overarching issue is when sex starts to feel mundane, that causes someone to believe or we don't have any sexual chemistry. And then that turns into we love each other, but we're not in love. And then that turns into, well, we're just kind of roommates now. And so it kind of goes down this path that gets more and more disconnected in every area. So intimacy, I mean, that sexual intimacy, you cannot be more vulnerable really than in those moments. Um, Now, of course, in scripture, we know Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. And so there's always this hunger we have to get back to that place where we can also be naked and unashamed with our spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is possible. It's possible when you develop a relationship in all areas, Um, but certainly making sure that you're not getting too routine and mundane can can actually bring some life to the sexual relationship. And so it by default makes you feel a lot more connected. And when you feel more connected sexually, you typically feel more connected in the other areas as well. Yeah. Yep. I agree with that. And you said something and it, and it's funny cause that's where my mind was going. You were talking about basically what needs to happen outside of the bedroom mm-hmm. to facilitate, you know, your success inside the bedroom. Um, before we kind of turn a corner in this conversation, I want you to give um, some trade <laughs> secrets, one specifically to the men and one specifically to the women about something that they could do or something that they need to be mindful of outside of the bedroom that would allow for that level of growth that you just talked about inside the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's such a good question. <laughs> so you've you've asked a really broad question. I'm going to try to make it um, 
I'm going to try to make it easy enough to answer here without, um, you know, spending another 30 minutes <laughs> talking about this. Um, so again, part of this is personality, right? So each couple is going to be a little bit different. Um, but generally speaking, women are going to be more inclined to enjoy the emotional connection and the foreplay. Um, and men are more inclined to enjoy kind of that actual sexual relationship. Mm -hmm. And so what's interesting is that women, at least some studies have shown that women release more oxytocin, which is a bonding chemical to make you feel connected to somebody during foreplay. And so for husbands to make your wife feel a lot closer to you, you want to spend time touching in non-sexual ways. Um, so hug her, hold her, caress her, kiss her, give her a back massage, do just nice things for her. Um, women are called complicated sometimes because we, uh, we need, if you could see air quotes, we need so much. Um, but the reality is so many things actually work to build that oxytocin and build that bond. Um, so throw in lots of that um, non-sexual touch. And then for women, men tend to really enjoy sexual touch. Um, it makes them feel uh, masculine. It makes them feel desired. It makes them feel wanted and cared for. Um, so actually, I did a video. Uh, gosh, it's been years, but it was called My Husband Gropes Me Too Much. And it was all about those differences where men tend to like a lot of the sexual touch. And so there's a lot of sexual playful touch that comes from the man where women typically don't like that as much. So one of the things that women can do is to to make more kind of overt sexual advances towards their man. Um, let him know he's he's sexy. Let him know that you want to be with him. Um, and it doesn't have to mean that you have to have sex right then when you say it. Like it can literally be um, just telling him that he looks good or kissing him in a way that um, shows a little more passion than maybe just as you're headed out the door. Um, groping him a little bit a lot of times can make a man feel like, okay, I'm desired and I'm cared for. Um, again, it doesn't mean that you have to have sex right then. So you don't have to set enough time to make sure that you can do that. You can be playful and um, men typically like this. So we, so to increase that, women can be a little bit more, um, I guess, initiating in those more sexual touches and men can do a lot more the non-sexual touches and that'll help a couple um, feel closer. Now, I will say also, just as a caveat to that, that's the majority of marriages. So about two-thirds of marriages, that would be the ideal. But if you're sitting there listening today and you're thinking, now, wait a minute, I'm a wife and I'm always trying to reach out to my husband for sex and he's not as interested, then you're going to have to reverse this advice. And instead, you're going to do more of the non-sexual um, encouragement, non-sexual touches. So in about a third of marriages, the wife actually has the higher drive and the husband has the lower drive. We don't have any good reason for why this happens, so it's not um, it's not necessarily hormonal or the way you were raised. It's just differences between us. Um, so if you're on the opposite side of that, just take that advice I just gave and switch it around to fit your situation. That is great. I I really appreciate that about you. That you are very holistic <laughs> as it relates to. I love it. How how you are answering these questions because. Nobody gets left out. Right. Mm -hmm. So there there's like you said, that's, you know, two thirds. This will fit. And for one third, you know, they may have to do that. I appreciate that because I know that there are often individuals who are like, oh, well, that doesn't really apply to me or, um, you know, what the what ifs. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure all of the what ifs come up and 
the one-offs that people may think are one-offs, but they really aren't. You know, that one-off that you think is a one-off, there's actually a third of couples that experience that mm-hmm. one-off, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that you're that you're referring to. So I appreciate that. Thank you for for doing that. And and those are some great trade secrets. And what I love about what you said, right, is so I fit into the two-thirds category, mm-hmm. right? So I have to be intentional about as a man those non those touches that where i'm not thinking about it leading to sex Mm -hmm. right where i'm and i'm saying i personally have to get better at that and i'm sure that there are a lot of guys who are listening that may be in that you know may not necessarily struggling but just have to remember remind themselves to be a little bit more intentional about doing that with their wives um and I've talked to guys who um, the tip that you gave, the trade secret mm-hmm. that you gave to women, I've talked to guys who feel like they're struggling in that area mm-hmm. in their relationship, that they need more of that and yeah. that it would motivate them to do certain things. And I'm saying all that to say that I believe that when both men and women are very intentional about what they need to do to facilitate mm-hmm. that that you begin to see like a cyclical process mm-hmm. happening, right? You, you know, you're meeting the needs of your spouse as opposed to selfishly thinking about how your needs can be met mm-hmm. and your spouse is doing the same thing and everybody benefits. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, yeah, that's good. I appreciate that. I, um, you know, it's my favorite topic, <laughs> you know, so I could talk to you about this forever, but I'm not going to keep you forever. Um, but because you're our repeat guest, we might have to, you know, do a a three part three. Keep the trend Ooh, going. That would yeah, be we fun. might have to do, you know, yeah, we might have to do a fun. part three. But um, I definitely thank you for that. Some golden nuggets yeah. in and and for those of you who are listening, you got a lot of information in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I say this in a lot of episodes. <clears throat> you have to go back. If you weren't taking notes, you have to go back. You have to re-listen. You have to take some notes. There are some things that um, Dr. Jessica gave today that you can literally begin to apply as soon as you stop listening to this podcast. And that's what I love about a lot of these interviews that we've had. Like people are giving advice that is not just conceptual advice. Right. It's actually practical advice that you can actually do afterwards. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks for for having me. We are going to just really quickly turn a corner. Okay. Um, we do this with all our guests on Trade Secrets. We play a little game just for <laughs> folks to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll let Wifey talk about that. Okay. Right. So it's it's called the 60 Second Think Fast. It's really easy. We're going to, I'm going to give you 10 questions and each question has a choice of two answers that you can pick from. For example, okay. what's your favorite color, red or blue? Oh, okay. You have to pick which one is your favorite or okay. which one you prefer. And there's, like I said, there's 10 of them and you have 60 seconds in which to answer these questions. And to put you under a little bit of pressure, <laughs> Ollie's going to set the timer. Oh, whoa. Yeah. what's the prize? <laughs> oh, what is the prize? The prize <laughs> is a... Third guest appearance. Nice. Okay, I'll take it. Let's see. I have some different ones here, so I'm trying to decide. 
I guess some bragging rights for being able to answer 10 questions in 60 seconds too, right? There you hey, go. Absolutely. There you go. There you go. Uh, okay. I'll just do these, the ones that I normally do. Okay. All right. You ready? You ready, Jessica? I think so. Okay. All right. Let's go. Ready? Okay. See the movie or read the book? Read the book. Summer or winter? Summer. Morning person winter. or night owl? Morning person for sure. Uh, small town or big city? Ooh, small town. Car or truck? Car. Gym or outdoor exercise? <laughs> Can I say neither? I'll do outdoor. <laughs> <laughs> tropical island or ski resort? Ooh, tropical island. Action movie or comedy? Action. Baseball or football? Baseball. Try a new dish or play it safe? Try a new dish. Oh man, there you're you're good, man. You I had 17 seconds left. Nice. <laughs> I messed up though. I said summer, and I actually really love the snow, but that's okay. Do you? I do too. I, do. I love the snow. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have something in common. She I loves the snow. I am I'm not like a, a snow little person. kid when it snows. Me too. <laughs> man, see, next time it snows, then there's our first hangout, huh? Hey, there you go. <laughs> that's what we have to do. There we have is. to do that. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you again um, for. Just knowledge. Yes. I'm, I just love just the practical tips that you give, the advice that you give. And um, I thank you for lending your time for us. And before we let you go, I just want you to just let folks know um, how they can get connected with you. Um, if you have folk that, you know, may want to be clients or just how can they get a hold of you on social media, any materials they should be reading, you know, just give us. Yeah. The lowdown on all that. If you have anything coming up that you want to let you know our listeners know that's coming up, anything like that. Sure. So my new website, and actually, if listeners listening to the old older episode we did, they're going to get my old website information, which is still active. But the new website is called Better Than the Honeymoon. And so mm-hmm. you can go over there and I actually have a guide that you can get if you sign up for my newsletter. It's called Becoming One and it's practical tips for increasing your intimacy. So it's going to talk about emotional, spiritual, and sexual intimacy and give you some tips there. So you can get that for free. Um, and then I do have a course. I'm actually creating a communication course right now. Um, what I'm really doing is creating an intimacy course. That's the longer piece. But I was realizing as I was interviewing people, they needed help with communication and conflict before they could jump into the intimacy piece. And so I've actually got a free course that I'm creating for communication and conflict. And then the intimacy piece is coming. It's going to be a larger course um, that's going to go really deep and to have a proper theology of sex in your marriage, um, how to connect intimately. And then it's going to have actually just a lot of practical education that I wouldn't typically give um, online to people. So this is something more that would be like what I work with my clients on. Um, So it'll be really good information, much deeper than you find in any of my blogs. Awesome. Um, so yeah, better than the honeymoon would be where to find all of that. Very cool. Good. Better than the honeymoon. And we'll make sure that that's in the notes so that you can connect uh, with Dr. Jessica McLeese. Um, and trust me, you follow her there. You read the material that she um, provides. You look at the videos that she does. You will be educated every time you always take away something that is valuable um, something that is practical that you can put in your uh, in your toolbox um, to use to benefit your marriage. So we thank you so much for that. Thank you. And we're gonna have to do it again. Let's right? do. Yes. You already it. have one award, right? <laughs> You're already the, <laughs> right. the first repeat guest. So let's just keep 
building on these awards. You know what I mean? Let's just keep doing it over and over and over again. Nice. I love it. Awesome. <laughs> That'll thank work. You so much. Thank you. We thank really, you. Really thank really you. This has been another episode of Trade Secrets. Make sure you visit www.denali.org for more engaging content and for other ways to connect with Oliver and Denise. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share this episode. Until next time, God bless. Bye.